Welcome to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. I am your host, John Fowler, along with Pastor Jay Mace is in the house today. What's up? He is here. Sup. How you spell that? S-U-P? Uh, yeah. S-U-P. Well, I just want you to know, and uh, not beating the flesh here, but just saying that uh, coffee was made when Pastor Jay got here. Lord. Temperature was down when Jay, uh, Pastor Jay got here. His little cord that he needs is over there. His car's being washed and detailed by our... No, it's not. No, he's lying there. By our security teams now. No. Uh, his his big I black am, suburban. I am a security team. You can... His big black suburban. We play... We pay, play pickleball at Taze Valley Church of God, mm-hmm. some of the greatest people over there. And um, sometimes it gets – I mean, sometimes they slam those balls, you know, and I do mm-hmm. it too. You slam the ball and it hits you, but it's a wiffle ball. Right. And there's, uh, there's a few times that I've looked at them and said, excuse me just a second, I'm going to call my armor bearer <laughs> <laughs> to take one for me. <laughs> yeah. Because they – They'll, I mean, you get hit, but it's absolutely just so much fun. I like to get you all in and playing. I'd love to play. It yeah. looks looks a lot of fun, and um, you know, I'm too old and fat for tennis, so uh, oh, that looks more my speed. It's. I mean, you'll walk away sweating. Yeah, you know? I tell you, I'd love to get back into racquetball. I used to. I used to travel all over the place playing racquetball tournaments and everything else, and I was good. I wasn't great. I was good. You know, I could usually make it till the, you know, uh, mid rounds of a tournament and, and different things, and until you just got these guys that were just like Spider Man. Um, I, I think but, you'd be able to do it then. But I love racquetball. Well, this is this is this is something that, that you'll be because you and I never played racquetball together. Did we not? No, it's hard to believe. I don't, I don't think so. I played a lot of racquetball. But uh, Christy and I played. <clears> you know, when we were dating, we played a lot of racquetball, and then we played tennis some and. Then she, you know, moved into golf, but then we heard about pickleball. And uh, I even met with the mayor in Braxton County yesterday and said, you know, we need some pickleball courts here in Braxton. I said, here in Gasaway. And he, he said, we just talked about that just right before you walked in. I said, well, it's got to be God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's confirmation. So, you know, we're really excited about that and excited about what God's doing within the Pulse Church and the radio stations and Winfield and Gasaway and uh, other potential campuses and man you preached heaven down on sunday morning it was powerful i just absolutely loved it yeah it was one of those you you walk out of the pulpit and weep kind of moments so. yeah i mean it was just it was just really powerful of, of what what god's doing and how he's blessing and how he's moving and you know when you think about when you think about the word of god and where you are in in the i didn't know that was going to happen <laughs> You ever have that happen? Angel get their wings. Yeah, that's a that's a truth. Um, I just finally watched that movie last year. Really, I had never seen that movie. Wow, it was really a good movie. It is a good movie. You know the um, so Pastor Jay is on uh, Jesus Together Part Twenty Three. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I, I I think we're probably going to hit fifty plus on this one. Yeah, so. I'd say I, I'm at this point. I'm not even really calling it a series. I'm just you know this is the vision God's given us and and. Um, and and going with it because, yeah, I think calling a series that ends up going a whole year probably isn't really a series anymore. I can believe that. It's uh, you you have been raptured off of the screen. Oh, you just disappeared all of a sudden. It's because I'm still in my sleepy voice. I've got to got to get it going. God's saying, move him aside till he wakes up. <laughs> That's crazy. Where are you? You're gone. 
I have to figure that out. That may have been why that did that. Well, anyway, <clears throat> we can still talk like we're on the radio because that's we have more listeners on radio than we do online so on true. Facebook. So, yeah. um, but when you think about why I'm trying to fix this, let me give you something to talk about. There you are. It works. Yay. So when you think about the scripture in John chapter 12 and 23, and that's where you started at on uh, Sunday, Jesus answered and said, the hour is not come that the son of man should, should not be, should be should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall unto the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dieth, it brings forth much fruit. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder, Pastor Jay, if they really understood what Jesus was saying there. Now, my mentor for years taught me this. So this is not a new revelation for me or for you about dying out the flesh. But it is for a lot of people because a lot of people, and you said this in your sermon uh, one time, and we talked about it on the podcast, that people are trying to be spiritual in the flesh. Yes. And so with people trying to be spiritual in the flesh, this doesn't work because dying out, dying out is a, is a spiritual thing that manifests itself in the flesh because your flesh will act different if you're dying out in the spiritual. Yes. If you're, if you're saying, if you're, if you're talking to Jesus and you're saying, Lord, I want you to, here I am, cleanse me, make me what you want me to be. You know, I just want to tell you to be careful if you want to pray that prayer because it's going to happen. Yeah. He, it's going to, there's going to be times that you're going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be times that you're not going to look very good. And let me tell you why. Because when you um, prune a plant or a tree, when you prune it, sometimes it looks like you killed it. I mean, looks like it's like I killed it. Just like Charlie Brown, when he puts that when he puts that ornament on that tree and the tree falls over, he says, "I've killed it." Mm. And there's times that you will look that way, and. And I'm talking on a spiritual. But, but that's the point. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. Is for us to get to a place of of to where we're spiritually dead to many many things within our lives. And so what God will do is God will say, it's like for an example, let's say that you have a problem uh, with greed, and you have a problem with you know wanting stuff. And so the Lord starts speaking to you about these things. And this goes along with the scripture that if he starts speaking to you and say, you know, John, I want you to give this up. I want you to, to not concentrate on this amount, this right here, because I want to get that particular thing under control in your life. Mm -hmm. And then if he says that, then he begins to work with you about those things. Christianity is not always about what you have to give up. But it's about things that you have to start. And I think that people forget that, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think so. And and I think that's the hardest part, too, is because religion has created this idea of cleaning ourselves up through morals and through how we dress and, and blah, 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 um, before we, we come to salvation. And that's not God's design at, at all. You know, and, and we see that, um, you know, we see that depicted in the life of Jesus, 
when he was constantly engaging those uh, that the church had shunned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as as the church today, that teaches us a bold lesson um, that, you know, ministry is is dirty. You know, in in the sense, you get your hands dirty is what I'm trying to say. Um, not ministry is dirty, but, um, y- you know, ministry is getting your hands dirty. You know, it's getting into the highways and the hedges, getting out of the comfort zones, getting out of the safe places um, where we like to control our our religion and control our faith and, and control, you know, our relationship with God. When in reality, God doesn't want us to have any control over it at all. You know, he wants us to, to walk by faith and, and to abide in the Almighty and and allow he and, and God and the Holy Spirit to to work and move in our lives and direct our paths, you know, according to what he's doing. And um, unfortunately, you know, we, we make ministry about ourselves and we make ministry about, you know, what we're accomplishing and what we're building and what we're doing and not really at all about God's mission. And I think Jesus, you know, Jesus gives a very defined example to us saying, you know, I'm, I'm here to do my father's will. Yes. You know, my time hasn't come. I'm about father's business, you know, um, you know, and he had a purpose and he did a lot of amazing things along the way, but he had a purpose and, and that was to bring the people back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, because the people had tried to do it their way for so long that they had lost God. And, and I think today we're, we're doing the same, same kind of things. We're doing ministry our way. We're doing Christianity our way. And it's not that our intentions are bad, but I just think that we are so focused on the man-made things yeah. that we're losing sight of, of God's intent and and God's desires, you know, what did He say? He said, "If you've if you've done it for one of these, right, then then you've done it for me, yes, right." Whereas we're just trying to do it for God and ourselves, and not everybody else, mm-hmm. you know. Just like the beggar outside of the gate, you know, everyone passed him up going to church, mm-hmm. at the synagogue, but you know, right. um, everyone walked right by him, everyone ignored him, everyone rolled their eyes at him, right. right? just so they could get into church and get their seat and do it their way. Yeah. You know, Peter and John stopped. They did. And, and, you know, even the man was asking for something that didn't meet his need. You know, it might have fed him that morning. It might have, you know, let him get a cup of coffee so he didn't have a headache that morning. You know, that'd be me. Um, <laughs> you know, but that, you know, he was even he was even so blinded that he was asking for something that wasn't really his need. And and Peter says, "Look, I don't have any money, you know, but I've got a lot more than money, and all that I've got, I'll give you, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ." Amen. And uh, and stand up and and walk, and right. and uh, you know we we've been talking about this in our men's group, and he leapt to his feet. Yeah. You know, he didn't hobble up to his feet. He didn't have doubt. Right. Everything. He felt he felt the refreshing breath of the Lord on him and, and leapt to his feet yeah. and, and went jumping through the synagogue. And so and all cool. the church people were like, Hey, let that guy. Yeah. And 
everything else. But but you know that's that's how a lot of the church is today when God moves, right? Because they're not involved in it. They don't have a hand in it. Right. right. It's it's beyond them because they're controlling their experience. Yes. Rather than just experiencing it and letting right. God move in their life. That's uh you know, that's a, a great perspective when you think about this scripture in, in that I just read in John twelve twenty four that you preached on Sunday. And I, I just can't can't get past this one little part here. Like King James, here's what it says Verily, verily I say unto you, just like I read before. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. So I looked up what abideth alone means. It's a single seed. It's a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Yeah. And so if if we will continue to give up our, our self-life, mm-hmm. if we'll continue to give up our dreams and our hopes and whatever God, whatever we want to do, and allow God to move and allow God to be a part of our life and to be spirit-led. See, I think that is one of the things that that is foreign to the church is to be spirit-led. Yeah, because they want to control it. Yeah. And, you and, can't control the Holy Spirit. You can't. And, and yeah. one no, well, th- you, let me clarify that real quick. Sorry not to cut you off no, no, real good. quick, but I want to clarify that because people get crazy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's, it's controlled by the Word of God. Right. Which is the holistic view of who God is, yeah. You know, and because we we got to be careful. I mean, we can we can say God can do anything He wants. Yes, He can, but He's already told us who He is. Right. Right. He's already told us what He is. He's already told us how He thinks, and He's already told us all there is uh, about how He operates, at least here on this earth. Right. And and any contradiction to that is, um. Is going the opposite direction. You're no longer, you're no longer driving towards God. You're now driving towards the enemy, right. and and the enemy will often confuse us and and manipulate us with such things. So we, we have to be careful with that. So I wanted to clarify my words because I didn't want people to take them out of context. No, Sorry, no, you're, you're, it fits right in with the next the next verse because when you look at verse twenty five, he that loveth. Here's what it says. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it. Into and see it, and shall keep it unto life eternal. So then I look up the word hate because that's a pretty strong word, uh, and so this this means to dislike. It means to uh, to to be intense. Or passionate dislike. So we are not supposed to to be so intertwined with this world that God can't get into our life. And I think that we see that so many times. You know, if you look at it says what's it says, whosoever loves his life, lose it. What does that mean? What does that mean to lose it? I think it means let it go. And whosoever yeah. hates his life in this world will keep it. For eternal life. Basically, it's what this series is. you got to give up this world for the next one. That's what Jesus told us in the beginning. If you're going to come after me, deny yourself, yeah. right? And take up death, right? And take up your cross, right? Well, the cross was the symbol of death in, in those days. So when you look at it in 
in that context, Jesus was telling the people that if you're going to follow me, then you've got to lose this life. Mm-hmm. You've got to die in in this life. You've got to die in your desires. You've got to die in your flesh. You've got to, and, and there's multiple scriptures that support this. You know, you have to persecute this flesh, put it to death. That's what persecute means. You have to put it to death and and give yourself over fully to God's plan. Right? And see, here's here's the thing. Our a lot of the promises of God, he tells us that it will be given to us based upon our measure of faith. You with me? Mm-hmm. So if it's going to be given to us on our measure of faith, what does that mean? It means how much are we willing to lose control, Yes. lose our life, lose our grip on all of these things, and step into a life of full faith right. in, in Christ. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of like when, when, when Peter asked the Lord, you know, bid me come on, on the waters, you know, and, and most of the pictures that we see and most of the things that we see, you know, we, we see them close to shore. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and maybe they were, I'm no fisherman, so I can't do that. But I see, I see these shows like, you know, what is it where they're up in, you know, off in, in the North, Northern Atlantic, off of Maine and all of that up in those rough waters and, and everything else. And, you and can't those, see land. You can't see land. <laughs> I mean, those guys are way out there right. in the middle of the ocean. Well, that's kind of what I picture this to be. Uh-huh. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in the middle of the ocean at night where you can't see land or anything else, it's dark, dark, scary dark, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, through the military and, and, um, you know, a a cruise that we've been on, I've, I've seen that and, and I've witnessed that. It's kind of creepy out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we, we talk about all the things that are in the ocean that we have no idea what they are and this and that and the other. When you think of it in that context, Peter's in that moment, saying, I want to do what you do, Lord. Right. Right? You're walking on the water. I want to walk on the water with you. Right? right? Well, all of, all of the religious in the boat didn't have that measure of faith. Right. So they controlled God, and they controlled the measure with which he worked in their lives right. based upon what they knew mm-hmm. or what they were willing to experience. Right? right. Sometimes we don't experience the fullness of God because we don't know his word. True. Right. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we don't experience the fullness mm-hmm. of God because we refuse to know his word. There, there's a difference. Right. The, the, the difference is that in one. We know the word. Right. And it freaks us out. So we refuse to know it. We refuse to step into it and live it. The, the other is we just don't know. Right. We don't understand that, right? And so we're seeking and we're striving and, and 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 wanting more, right? Peter wanted more. He was willing to lose control. He was willing to lose his hand over his own life to do what Jesus did, right? to do the things that Jesus did. And so he said, bid me come, right? And when he got out on the water... He began focusing on his own ability, began focusing on all of the things, focusing on what the the whiners in the boat were saying, 
and everything else. And, and he ended up falling in. Yeah. Right. And Jesus saved him. But before that he walked on the water. Yes. After that hand in hand with Jesus, he walked on the water. That's right? true. And, and we have to, we have to acknowledge that that was given to him. Why? Because Jesus is an awesome guy. No, it was given to him based on his measure of faith, based on his measure of willingness to die to self yeah. and allow himself to be taken in, into um, the spiritual, um, you know, you, I don't always like to talk about levels, but, you know, in, into a spiritual level that he hadn't experienced before. Right. And, and that was what, that's what was that was what was going on, and and I think I think it portrays to this verse deeply when we talk about denying ourselves, you know, picking up our cross and and following Him, right? Is when this life has no bearing and no hold to us anymore that we're willing to step fully in to the life of Christ, the, the authoritative example of Christ, and so good the spiritual leading to all of the what's next that God has for us. Yeah. You know, that is when we really truly begin to experience the fullness of God because we've got nothing holding us back. There is um, there's a, 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 something you said in, in the, the sermon on Sunday. Jesus promised that we would do more than him. So I looked up the scripture in my own, in my own study listening to your sermon Uh, John chapter 14, verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. So everything that Jesus did, he's saying that we'll do also. Healing, casting out devils. Yes, absolutely. On and on and on. On and on. We could list. And then he says, and greater works Mm. than these shall he do. Because I go to the Father. But then you you said this, Jesus promised that we would do more than he would do. And then so I wrote down this. Will God use a man who was not surrendered? And Surrendered to Christ or surrendered to... To I, things I, I'm thinking I'm that thinking control him. Yes. I'm thinking not dying out to self. If we're not dying out to self, then we're not surrendered. So so my question is this Will God use a dead man? And I'm talking about a spiritual dead man. Here's here's what I think. Were you done? Sorry. No well yeah, the only thing versus somebody who is all about themselves. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Well, yeah, someone who's all about themselves, he's not going to use right. because you're serving self. You're not serving God, yeah. right? And he's not going to glorify that, right? And you know, we've seen evidence of God giving people or God allowing people to have fleshly moments, mm-hmm. um, and him using it for his good, right? It didn't have anything to do with the person. It had everything to do with him using it for his good, right? Just like every time the devil throughout scripture tried to do something you know to to minimize god or you know to you know help someone abandon their faith or their belief god worked all of that to good you know and when bad things happen bad things don't happen 
because we're bad people. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we're stupid and do really stupid things, and and it costs us a lot. But God, God can't be tempted of evil, therefore he can't tempt us of evil. So a lot of times bad things happen in our life, either because we've produced it and we're reaping what we've sown, or because the enemy is doing work in us or around us. And and I think there's two different things. We, and it's funny, we talked about this in our men's group on Monday. And I believe that if we deny self, right, and we take up our cross, take up death and follow Jesus on this level that he's asking for, right, and, and everything that we've preached about here in John chapter 12, if we do that and we come into that place and, and we're sacrificing, we're making sacrifices to God. And we don't do it like they did in the Old Testament, right? But when I'm talking about sacrifices is I'm talking about we're choosing to lay down this life so that we might pick up our measure of faith and, yes. and pick up that measure of faith more and more every day and abiding in his counsel and, and allowing the, the pure work of God to be alive and real in our life through the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe, just as Job was, I believe that we're hedged and we're protected in that. Amen. And, and I believe that there comes, you know, there comes a power of God over our life that all the devil has left to do is frustrate us and distract us. Yeah. He can't he can't pierce my heart or my mind because I'm fixed on Jesus. Right? So what can he do? He can use those who aren't fixed on Jesus around us to distract us, frustrate us, mm-hmm. you know, get us get us angry, get us, you know, get us in our emotions, whatever that might be, so that he can get our eyes off of Jesus because if our eyes then become unfixed on Jesus, we pick up control again and we're no longer denying self, right? Mm-hmm. So so I think, you know, when we when we start talking about being hedged and, and being covered by the blood and, and all of those things, we, we have to understand the depths we're really talking about there, right? We're not talking about just showing up at church, right? right? But we're, we're talking about being fully consecrated, you know, to to our life of Christ and, and stepping into that. So... Can, and and going back to your original question, can someone serving self serve God? Is that how you asked it, basically? Yeah. No, at all. Not not at all. You know, because because their goal isn't God. Their goal isn't the kingdom. Their goal is themselves. Right? And, and, you know, if you're doing it because it makes you feel good, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, if you're, you're doing it because you like to do it, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, if you're doing it um, because you like the way people respond to you and look at you and the fanfare that comes from it, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Your heart isn't your heart isn't in it for God. Right. Your heart's in it for yourself, right? right? And and God's going to react to you in in that manner um, by not reacting to you. Basically, people might react to you, but God's not going to react to you, right. right? And and so I think you know we need to understand that that's true of whatever. That's true of, of pulpit ministry. That's true of, uh, of, of singing. That's true of, um, of, of whatever, you know, all of the different 
programs and ministries that we have today. If it's about self, then then God's, you know, not God's not going to show favor um, right. to that man might, man might, but God won't. Mm-hmm. And and I think we need to understand that. Now, here's one thing I do believe, and maybe it goes along with your question. Maybe it doesn't. I believe that there are people who are saved but haven't fully denied themselves and taken up their cross. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Everyone who calls upon my name and confesses shall be saved. Right. Right? So I be I believe there are people who are saved. Right. Right? Now not practicing sin, right? I'm not giving anyone a, you know, a free pass on on your sin, right? Mm-hmm. But, but saved. I believe in Jesus. I'm a sinner, and and I have confessed my sins. He has covered me by His work on the cross. I'm saved. Amen. But I either don't know and understand the scriptures. Or I'm scared to step into that authoritative example of Jesus. And so I'm, I'm not practicing on that measure of faith yet. Right. I'm not operating beyond my flesh in my Christianity. I no. believe in Jesus. I'm walking in Jesus. Jesus is real to me, right? right? And, and I, am, I am persecuting my flesh and walking away from my sin, Mm-hmm. But I have yet to deny myself, and I have yet to take up my cross or my death in in that manner. Right. And and because of that, you know, I'm I'm not operating in in the gifts of the spirit. I'm not operating in things. If anything, I'm probably still operating in works because it's all I know. It's all I was taught. The flesh. Right? Yeah. Morality. I'm operating in morality because it's all I know. Right. I'm operating in works because it's all I know. Right. Right? And and so when we say things like that, I'm not beating somebody over the head who's doing the best they can with what they know. Mm-hmm. But I think there's that, that element of teaching that has to go on from our pulpits today that really I don't think it is um, because we've, we've stepped into that place where we're okay if they just show up and pay their ties. Yeah. Right. Take all the years, keep them. So forth, man, I, man, I I want an army, right? Mm. (laughs) I want an army, right? And I I want people willing to take up their swords for the, for the faith and to step into their measure of faith and, and to see the works of God here on earth, the way they were promised. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I want. That's my goal in ministry always has been right. my goal in ministry. The problem is you can't get past people most of the time mm-hmm. to see it come because they're either operating only on what they know and they refuse to know more mm-hmm. or they know more and they're too scared to get out of the boat. Wow. So if, if he, I know that was a lot of words, no, but, it's perfect because yeah. it goes into the, to the next segment here. That, okay, Jesus promised that we would do more than what he did. So not only does he say that we will do the things that he did, but then he says that we would do, you know, more. Abundantly more. Uh, yeah. yeah, abundantly more. So here's here's a scripture that that I believe works. It's in uh, Mark chapter 16, 
And starting at verse 15, it says, And he said unto him, Go ye unto the, all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Then here's the key to this one. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They will speak in new tongues. They will uh, take up any serpent, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. doesn't say that they might recover. They shall. They shall yeah. recover. So here's the question. Which which I brought up in the message. Yes, Sorry. you did. No. I don't no. want to cut you off. But, no, you're good. You know, a lot of times we, we have this, uh, you know, if it be your will, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll pray power from heaven. I get heaven. so sick of that. We'll pray power <laughs> from heaven down, but be right? Your will. But, then we, but then we get in our flesh, and we feel inadequate, and so what do we want to do, you know? If it be your will, right. right? Well, if, and it's a huge study, but if you want to study that, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't talking about the, the, the power and glory of God, right? He, he was talking, he was talking about very specific things, yeah. right? According to, according to God's will, according to what God already has mapped out right. for us, sure. right? And, and so he's referencing that. He's not referencing the promises of power and glory in our lives based, based upon his manifestation in, in us. So, so, you know, we got to be careful and, and make sure we keep things in the right context, yeah. right? I mean, you don't see any if it be your will with Peter and John outside the gate, right? No, they were just you know, taking authority. No, stand up and walk, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, power, right? Absolute power and glory from the Father, right? Mm-hmm. No doubts, no questions, no what ifs, right. no who's watching, right? right? Stand up and walk. Right. Do it. That's good stuff. Well, so so what's the problem with the church today that we're not seeing the, the manifestation and the miracles? Signs and wonders shall follow. Yes. Okay, so look behind you. <coughs> If you look behind you, you know, it's like um, the 23rd Psalm. I don't know why they read it at funerals, because it, it just none of it works for funerals. That's, that's a peeve of yours. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I have it in my will. Do not, if you die, if I die before you do, do not read the 23rd Psalm. I'm going to do it just it to is, spite you. It, it is in, it's like, it's like my dad. My dad cannot stand Marshall. <laughs> And uh, my dad is, you know, we're, we're a family, and I don't want to get into this, but, uh, you know, we believe it. We don't think that cremation will send you to hell. Yeah. It's a, just a cheap way to die. Yeah. And so, but anyway, so my dad has a Marshall shirt that my son gave him. And so we told him that when he dies, we're going to lay that Marshall shirt <laughs> as Chad pushes him back into the thing. He says, I'll haunt you forever. And so... I'll haunt you if you read yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll <laughs> trust me. I'll, everyone turn to Psalms 23. Yeah, 23rd Psalm. Yeah. I'm going to preach a sermon. And then I'll look up. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, the I want my I want that to be a celebration. <laughs> so anyway, it says, you know, signs and wonders shall believe. Surely goodness and mercy Ooh. shall follow. Just, you do? It just bumped into me. Did it? Surely goodness and mercy. Oh, yeah. yeah stop. Sure, shall follow it. me. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so you've got... Signs and wonders following you, yeah. and you've got surely goodness and mercy yeah. are following you. Why are they following you? Because 
of your belief. Yeah, the power and glory of God. You, I, over know, you. I know that you're not afraid by any means that if so, if somebody has cancer, you'll say, mm, I don't think I can pray that prayer. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough faith. That's not you. That's not me. We'll attack. But, but it seems like that somebody, you know, the same prayer, the same power that we have that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that we have inside yes. of us. Yes. We Amen. don't we don't have to pray That's any, Bible. It is Bible. That's Bible. That's not my opinion. No. That's Bible. It's inside of us. Yes. And so you don't have to pray any harder for somebody that has a cold than somebody that has a cancer. Hmm. Because it with the same power is inside of us. Yep. And so if we could get if we could get the revelation on this, that we have that same power. Jesus said, you know, greater things will you do. And so it goes back to what you said, that the only thing that the enemy can do now is frustrate and distract. Mm-hmm. And that's where the church is today. Yes. Church is frustrated and distracting. Or and, without knowledge. I would add a third. Yeah. There's a lot of the church without knowledge today. Absolutely. We've programmed ourselves into a hole that I, I don't know that we'll ever fully dig out of. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. But then you look at this scripture. And this this backs up. Uh, and, I, and I have trouble with this one. Okay. I, I really do. I have trouble with this because, you know, it's like somebody was saying something the other day. Oh, we were driving around looking at property for churches the other day. And somebody said, now this one's $750,000. And I said, well, my faith is not there. That's what I said. Hmm. I said, my faith is not there. Which is accurate. Yeah. By your measure of faith. Yeah. Because I, I said, I got to work myself up to it. But, but I also said Sunday morning, I said, some of you all are believing God for your car payment. I said, I'm believing God for thousands and millions, yeah. not for me, but for the kingdom of God. Yeah. And for so, the ministry. yeah, for the ministry. So here's something that I'm working through because I can't figure this one out. I think I, I'm starting to get some revelation on it, but here's what he says. Jesus said, or uh, Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of that worketh in us. Yeah. Pastor Jay, if I could get the revelation on this scripture, and I'm really trying, yeah. I'm really working hard to get this, but if I get the revelation on that scripture, watch out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you, he, watch out. Here's what I think, you know, and, exceedingly and, abundant, you know, out, out of the, it's funny. One of, one of the men in our men's group, um, Jamie, uh, referenced this Monday night. And so it's, it's kind of crazy that it's, it's coming into play here. And I wasn't, there. um, not, not crazy, but good crazy. Um, but, um, you know, talking about the man outside the gate yeah. that Peter and John raised, right. Um, or God raised through Peter and John, however you want to look at that. Um, here's what I believe, right. Based on our measure of faith. Right. You believe this. I know you do because I've, I've seen you in 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 operation of it. Um, and, you know, you just you just admitted that I did. It's like I had a friend that was dying of covid. Mm. It was in the hospital. Right. And he had been on the vent and, and he, you know, there's no hope. It wasn't coming out. The hospital was calling his family who couldn't go see him or, or anything else, telling him, da, 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 you know, all the bad news. Right. I went 
to Taze Valley Hospital. And I buzzed their little buzzer. And I begged them to let me in. And, and this was when we were all panicked about COVID. Mm-hmm. And here's what I told that girl. I said, sir, I understand. I said, look, my friend is dying in there, right? And I want to pray over him. Mm-hmm. I am not the least bit intimidated by this thing. I am right. not the least bit concerned about walking in there unmasked or anything else. Nothing to do with the politics of it. Everything to do with the power of God that was on me mm-hmm. in that moment. And I begged them to let me come in and anoint him with oil and pray. Begged them. I said, I'll sign whatever. I'll put on whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But understand this, I am not afraid to walk in that place and do what God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. Not the least bit intimidated. Mm-mm. And everything else. And they wouldn't let me in. I remember standing outside that hospital praying for him and and going back to my car and praying for him and weeping because man wouldn't let me do what God had called me to do. Right. And I was frustrated. I was ticked off. Right. right. In that moment because of it, because I believed, fully believed, right, that we could have turned him over that day. Right. Right. And and sat him up because not because of me, but because of the power of God yeah. and what it's capable and able to do. Mm-hmm. Here's and I, and I don't fall. I don't even know who that person was on the other side of the speaker. OK, right. so I'm, I'm not pointing fingers at her. She was doing her job. Mm-hmm. She was doing what she was told she had to do. Right. OK, I think in her heart, she wanted to let me in. Mm-hmm. Right. I could discern it in her voice. I think in her heart, she wanted to let me in, but she wasn't allowed. OK, so right. I'm not I'm not demonizing anyone or putting anything over over anyone in that. But but in what you're talking of. All right, let's think about this person outside the gate. Peter and John, what I have, I'll give to you in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk, right? Here's what man does, right? Because it's based on our measure of faith, right? And and it's based on what we know, right? And I don't think I don't think people know about the power and glory of God that works in man's life, right? We're so scared to death of of the authoritative example of Jesus Christ. We've driven him out of our churches and replaced it with psychology degrees, right? We're so scared to death of of the power and the glory uh, of God that talking about the books of Acts is almost taboo today, Mm -hmm. right? But but this is is what Jesus did to the world. This is what Jesus brought into the world, right? And, And so what we see is we see People who, like this man outside the gate, leapt, jumped to his feet. He wanted to be healed so bad, and he believed in in the words that were spoken to him so bad that he didn't doubt it. He didn't contemplate it, right? He didn't count the cost. Well, now, if I jump up, that means I got to go to work. Mm -hmm. If that jumps up, it means people aren't going to walk by and feed me anymore, right? Because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. We we want healed. Right. But we still want all the conveniences of our struggle. Ooh. Right. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I right? Mm-hmm. We still want the conveniences of our struggle. We still want the pity. We still want the pity that comes from testifying about the same thing for 30 years. Right. I mean, which means what? We're still crutched. 
we're still crutched and we're still we're still wobbling around in where we used to be right instead of stepping into the full authority of what God has authored for us so, right so what if this guy outside of the gate Peter and John stand up and walk oh well let me let me see if I can you know let me let me can you help can you can you grab hold and and help me up right what did, what did the man outside of the pool of Bethesda say Jesus, will thou be made whole? Right. Right? I have what did nobody. he say? I have no man. Right. You know, Jesus, Jesus is like, it's not what I asked you. Right. I'm asking you, right. will you be made whole? And and Jesus is asking all of us, will you be made whole? Yeah. Right? I have I have full measure of faith, and I believe in the full power and glory of God. Right? Right. right? And that's where my faith is. My faith isn't in me. My faith is in the full power and promise of God, right? I know what the scriptures say. I know it. Mm-hmm. I've read this thing hundreds of times right. through. I know what it says, right? Right. It's good. The difference is, do I intend to use it and operate in it, right? Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of people today who just don't know. They just don't know because it's not being taught. Right. And, and not only is it not being taught, it's not being modeled. Right. And I'm, I don't want to get on soapboxes, but I think, you know, in dealing with people, we have to understand that they can only operate on their measure of faith. And their faith is typically determined based on what they know or their willingness to walk in what they know. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, someone who's been told their no their whole life. are always going to think negatively about the big steps, right. the big leaps. I remember I used to get up on the roof with the boys and put the lights up. And it was the little covering over our, our first floor in, in our house in Cross Lanes. And um, so forth, and we'd get up there and we'd, we'd put up the Christmas lights. And I was always careful, you know, based upon their age and everything else. Now sit down, you know, because your fat dad sits down because if all this starts going forward, that's bad news. <laughs> so, right. So sit down so you can keep a hold on things and um, everything. And, and you know, we would do all that. And I, I don't even know the ages. I'm horrible at ages and, and time frames and stuff. But there was one time that Luke asked me, he said, can I jump down? And he was probably... 10-ish at least, maybe even a little older, mm-hmm. and everything else. And and I knew, you know, he wasn't going to die. How many feet right? was it? I would say it was, well, normal first floor of a house. So what is that, oh, about 10 feet? Probably. 8 to 10 feet. And um, he said, can I jump? And so I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, he's not going to die. Mm-hmm. The worst that could happen, breaks an ankle, falls, <laughs> breaks an arm, those things heal and everything else. But I don't want there to be a time and a moment in his life that God is is taking him to the edge. Right. And he has to either decide to get out of that boat or stay in it. Right. And I don't want him to stay in it. I want him to step into his full measure of faith. And I said, "Do you believe that you can you can jump off of this and and land without getting hurt?" And he said, well, I can't promise I'll land on my feet, but uh, I believe I can jump and not get hurt. I can hear him saying that. And I said, then jump. All right. And of course, right about that moment, Sam walks outside. <laughs> 
And and Luke's standing there, and she's whoa, 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 what are you getting ready to do? I said, I've handled this. <laughs> and she just looks at me, and she just, she just looks at me with those eyes. I'm like, I got this. Yeah, I've handled this, and everything. And it took him a few minutes to to muster up the faith, and and then he jumped. He right. landed on his feet, and I think the the shock, you know, he kind of rolled over and fell down and stood up. I was like, that was cool, and <laughs> and and everything else like that. You know, it's jumping off a roof, okay? No huge spiritual moment. But are we really teaching our kids that today? We'll we'll take them to every sporting thing coming and going. Mm -hmm. But do we really teach them to dig into the depths of who they are and do abundantly more than what they think they can do? Right. And to me, that was one of those moments. That was one of those moments where Luke was thinking out of that box. Mm-hmm. He was thinking out of the box that we shove everybody into and tape it down and try to hold him in. Yeah. He was thinking outside of that box, and I loved it. Right. I loved it. And so That's I said, so cool. go ahead. Right. Yeah. I, wanted to under- I wanted him to understand that there was a level of belief there. That's uh-huh. why I asked him, you know, do you, do you believe you can jump and, and not get hurt? And he thought about it for a second and said, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I might fall down or something, but yeah, I, I believe I can. I said, then jump. Right. And, That's crazy. you know, and, and I'm sure there's people out there that are going to be listening to this at some point or time, and they're <laughs> going to be like, you are absolutely crazy, Jay Mace. I don't ever want my kids to have anything <laughs> to do with you or anything else like that. Oh, gosh. But, you know, that that's the whole deny yourself die to self, measure of faith, get out of the boat. That's the whole idea of this. And yeah. and to your point, and, 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 you know, people think I'm rambling, but I'm, I'm really still centered on your question about Ephesians. Hmm. People aren't operating in that mindset because they've been boxed far too long. Yeah. And people aren't operating in that mindset because they're not really being divided in the word. today right you know Mm. we had something happen a few weeks ago um that was of jesus proportions and and i I told him at at our prayer meeting last night if you're not attending our prayer meeting you you need to come because man there's a thickness of the holy spirit in that place that that's just unbelievable thursday nights at 6 30 but um you know as as we were talking last night it's very much an upper room type of experience no agenda you know, um, we we pray, we sing, um, you know, we, we pray, we read scriptures as as the spirit moves and as the spirit leads. And um so yeah, it's it's one of those. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and it's powerful. But we were you know, we were kinda talking about this last night or I brought it up, and this has weighed heavy heavy on me since the day that it happened. But a woman wanted prayer for her friend who is dying of cancer. And she woke up, if I I remember the story right, because there was a lot going on I was trying to hear, but if, if I remember her story right, she woke up and the Lord spoke to her and said, go to the pulse. This was a Saturday night. She woke up in the middle of the night and everything else, go to the pulse tomorrow. They will pray for this. 
So this woman comes in. She'd, she'd been to our services a couple times, and she has family in, in our congregation and so forth. So, I mean, it wasn't like she'd never heard of us before, right? But the Lord could have woken her up and, and told her to go anywhere. The Lord could have woken her up and, and told her to go pray for the woman herself, mm-hmm. right? And and I think of, and, and I want everyone to understand, I know the church will understand where I'm coming from in this, but every everyone else listening, I want them to understand this isn't about me, this isn't about our church, but this is about allowing the glory of God to be present in who we are and what we are, letting him define us, mm-hmm. not defining ourselves, right. right? And the Lord could have told her anyone, but he told her to come to us mm-hmm. and let us pray. How many times do we read in Scripture people who sought out Jesus mm-hmm. and Jesus only, right. right, because they knew he could do a work in their life? Mm-hmm. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, right? She knew, she knew if she just touched she just touched his garment. Mm-hmm. His garment. Mm-hmm. She'd be made whole, right? And when we get in that measure of faith and we walk in that measure of faith and we become that mindset of, mm-hmm. of the power and the glory of God in operation in our lives, right. in our church, in our community, in our homes, in our workplaces, and in everything else, lives can change. Yes, people can heal. The oh, works yeah. that we're promised in in Scripture, yes, will will be made manifest in us. Wow. And and you know, I I think that's what Ephesians is saying to us. You know, abundantly. that that we're operating based on what we know. Yeah. And we're operating based on what we're allowed to know. And we're operating, we're operating on based on what we choose to know, mm-hmm. right? I, I remember saying what I said earlier to someone about Acts. Oh, I just, I just don't know that I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. And I said, good, good. Because don't read it until you're ready for it. Because once you read it, you're responsible for it. Yeah, that's true. Once you read it, you're responsible for it. Yeah. Right? So, so if you're, you know, but don't let Satan dance you around for a whole lot of years and miss it. Right. And I'm afraid that's what he's doing with a lot of the church today. Yeah. He's letting them dance around and miss it. Wow. That's powerful. We got into about three of the topics that I had written down. <laughs> How many did you have? Uh, five. Okay. But, but we didn't do bad. We three. got more than half. Well, I mean, it just... It's oh, go ahead. Hit the no. other two. I don't have to work today. So. Oh, you don't? No, I took the day off because my grass is in trouble. So I oh. took a vacation day so I could cut grass all day. It, it's Okay, so here. Um, your life is meant for God. You covered that one. It's time to model the way. Yeah, crazy thing. And this is just kind of one of those side notes that, that come up in messages sometimes that wasn't in my notes, wasn't in my outline or anything else, but it was one of those things that God brought back to memory because it was relative to the point at the time. But, um, I, you know, I love football and, um, you know, 
Uh, you watch so, the game last night? So I watched night? a lot of football, a little bit of it. Um, we didn't get home till after nine from prayer meeting, and um, so I had it on. But uh, something happened in prayer meeting that kind of had my wheels spinning um, scripturally, and it's still spinning, honestly. And uh, so I, I came home and opened up the the word pretty quick, and and was diving into that. But but so it was on in the background. Um, but um, I had Saturday. Um, I was working around the house. My lawnmower's been down, so I've had, I, you know, I've had to do all the maintenance. New fuel filter, air filter, blah, blah, blah. On that, so I was doing that kind of stuff, and it was grossly hot, right? So I, I'd go outside for an hour or so. I'd come in, cool off for 30, 45 minutes or whatever. So I, I came in, sat down, um, got something to drink, and um, uh, I had just the NFL network on. I'd had it on that, that morning. And so I just kind of left it on when I was going out. So it was just kind of there for noise. I wasn't fully paying attention to it. And they started talking about, they were talking to one of the veterans about the t-shirt that he had on. And he said, well, we have, and I think I might be wrong, but I think he said that we have 36 rookies in camp this year. So out of their 90-man roster, 36 were rookies. That's right? a lot. That's a lot of rookie. I mean, most most NFL teams going into training camp will have about 20, 15 to 20 rookies. Rookies, rookies, rookies. Now I'm not I'm not talking about undrafted, you know, free agents and and or if they're a rookie, they can be an undrafted free agent. But I'm not talking about people from the XFL who are trying to break into the NFL or this and that. Literally right out of college type kids, rookies, right? That's enormous. That's an enormous number. And so their coach got all the veterans together right. and gave them these T-shirts and and said, look, you know, we're we're going to have a young team this year. You know, because a lot of these rookies are going to end up on the 52-man roster. We're going to have a young team. And for us to have a young team and succeed, we have to model the way. The kids are ultra-talented. They wouldn't be here if they weren't. Right. But they've never utilized their talents on this level. Right. They've never played on this level, no matter how talented they are. So it's up to us to model the way. That's good. Right? And, man, that just smacked me in the face. And I'm like... That is so true, right? That is so true. And, you know, if we think about that in the church context, there are a lot of people who've come out of the world and they're now in the church and they don't know, they don't know the way, you know, like I know the way or like you know the way or even, even, you know, the guy that's been at the feet of, of Jesus for, for five years. Mm-hmm. They don't even know the way on, on that level, right. right? They, you know, most probably know 10 scriptures at best, right? Mm-hmm. They've never read, uh, read the Bible all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, all, of, all of these things, so their knowledge, their understanding is limited. doesn't mean they're a bad person. Right. Doesn't mean they're not saved. Right. It just means they don't know what we know. Right. They haven't seen what we've seen. Haven't been where we've been. Right. And so, how do we get them there? We model that, and we model that with consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst thing we can be as a Christian is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I, I fully believe I that. Fully believe that the worst thing we can be is inconsistent. 
yeah. right? I can't speak with power here and then speak with the tongue of devils here. Right. You have to be right? consistent. In it. Because what am I? If I'm if I'm speaking one and then speaking the other, I'm I'm You're I'm the lesser. Minded. You're double minded. I'm the lesser. I'm yeah, absolutely. I'm double minded, and and so forth. So what do we do? We for those people, we model the way. We show them a consistent faith, a consistent measure of faith, a consistent walk, focused and driven towards the heart of God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so that that's that's where that came from. The Bible tells us, Pastor Jay, this. It says, if we are double-minded, then we are unstable mm-hmm. in yeah. all. Yeah, lukewarm, man. He's going to puke, puke you out. All of our ways. One thing that you said that I liked is Acts chapter 3, verse 6. That's where you're talking about the man. Here's what, he, here, you know, here's what they said. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have. Mm. So here's a question I'll today. I'll give to you. Yeah, I'll give I'm going to charge twenty bucks for a prayer cloth, right? I'll right. give it to you. Give it to you. Yeah. So here's the question, and I look at the camera and say this: What do you have? What do you possess that you can give? Because that's what they did. Hmm. So it's like, what, well, that was Jesus. Yeah, that was Jesus. That was the that was the authority given them from Jesus to do abundantly to do all the things that he did and abundantly more. So the questions the question is is do you have Jesus to give? Yeah. And that's the thing. It wasn't a pos- it wasn't a personal possession <clears throat> thing because he says that at the beginning of yeah. the silver and gold have I none. Right. But what I do have. So he's talking about the spirituality of things. So if you don't have Jesus, you can get him today. How how do you get him, Jay? How do you get Jesus? Somebody who's not even churched, doesn't know the lingo like we do. Here's the first thing I would tell you. If, if you, number one, it, it takes the Holy Spirit, right? None of us come, none of us come to Jesus unless we're drawn of the Holy Spirit. That's true. Right? Yep. So, um, but if you, if you feel drawn, if you feel that tug on your heart, um, I encourage you to go to a Bible-believing church, right? Don't, don't go to the fanatics, but don't go to the religious either, right? Mm-hmm. They're on they're on the altar extremes, you know. Yeah. Um, find a Bible believing church, someone who can support what they say, someone who can support what they do, um, and what they teach and preach by the Word of God. Um, not not some, you know, uh, crazy sociology, psychology level teaching and and religion because you know the word isn't the word is powerful it's a two-edged sword according to that and and so we want and and this is why we say this this isn't this isn't bragging this isn't anything else we want the word to do its job yeah you know and that's what you'll find about a bible believing church Mm -hmm. they stand on those things because they want the word to do its work Right. And, you know, when when we allow the word to do its work, the Holy Spirit to do its work, Jesus to do his work, God to do his work, and we quit trying to manipulate all of that. Right. Then you can get a hold of something real. Yes. So I just I just want to clarify that. 
right. and not not make the answer just seem cliche. Find a Bible-believing church and go. Be there every time the doors are open. You, you're probably going to see things. You're probably going to experience things that are out of your comfort zone sometimes. And if you have questions, ask. Ask. You know, pull someone aside after after that service or after after that moment and say, I, I don't understand this. Help me explain it. And and let them open the word up and counsel you uh, according to what just happened and what you experienced mm-hmm. and and grow in in understanding of those things. Now, some of you are probably sitting out there saying, well, you know, you didn't say get saved. Well, here's here's what I believe, John. I believe we're we're all about if if we're about salvation and pulpits at all anymore because most of us aren't. You know, um, I think I, I read a thing Barna put out the other day that the modern church, mm-hmm. um, less than twelve percent. I think it was like eleven. I don't know, eleven some percent, eleven point something percent of modern churches have altar calls. Eleven percent, less than twelve. Wow, um, I, I I don't I don't get that. I don't understand that at all. I mean, what are you even getting in the pulpit for? You're you're supposed to be up there preaching Jesus Christ, right? Yes. Here's here's what I believe, and here's what I want you to understand, and here's why I didn't lead with get saved. Right. A lot of people don't get saved because they don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. They don't comprehend the work of Jesus because they've been taught being good is good enough. Being a good moral person is where you need to be and we'll preach you into heaven after you die. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's what goes on that's what goes on in our in our thinking and our mentality and our and in our models today that, that we see and that we follow. Here's what I believe if the Holy Spirit is already drawing you it wants to show you who God is. The Holy Spirit wants to show you who God is and make you realize in your heart that you need him. That's good. And when we understand that we need Jesus to forgive a multitude of sins, and when we talk about sinners, I know... I know Paul says he's the chief, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have an arm wrestling match one day in heaven mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I'm right there with him. When we understand what it took to die for our sins and what it took to forgive our sins and what it took to replace our sins, it makes it a whole lot easier for the life of Jesus and Christianity as a whole to make sense to us. And here's what I believe. If you're in a Bible-believing church and you're surrounded with people who have denied themselves and, and taken up their cross, and I believe most Bible-believing churches do, then that drawing will continue and you'll be brought to a place of salvation. I 100% believe it. Yes. And and I wouldn't want you to come any other way, right? Because I want you to I want you 
to find it with someone who's going to pray you through it, right? You don't need to pray through to heaven. That veil is rent. But you need to pray through all of the stuff that's in your head and that's in your heart and that's been enveloped around you mm-hmm. that can stand in your way of what God really wants for your life. So that when you accept him, and this can all happen in one service, right? Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is going to be a, a six-month process, right? It's, this can all happen literally in one service. But I want, it, I want it to shatter all of the things that chain you and bind you and hold you. If you're a drug addict, I want it to break your addiction. Right. If you're uh, if you're lost in pornography and lost in sexual and uh, sin and lust, I want it to break your addiction. Right. I want the power of God to do a work in you that makes you hate that stuff. What John read earlier makes you hate that stuff. And leave it in your past, because if not, you're going to continue, you're going to continue to 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 be double minded. You're going to continue to dip in the waters of salvation and eat from the waters of sin. And, and and the Bible makes it really clear that's worse than never having it at all. And I don't want that for you. So if you're listening today and, and you feel the tug, you feel drawn, Find a Bible-believing church. Find Bible-believing people. You don't even have to to go to church. Find someone who's willing to talk with you, share the word with you, show you your sin in a loving way, much like Jesus at the well with a woman, and invite you to Christ. Amen. And our prayer is that you receive him. Amen. I've never heard an altar call like that. That's so good. Now you're 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 real serious about marriage. I am in yes. relationship. I have it on the screen. Talk a little bit about it Come, coming up. I'm hoping in the next few days um, to to get Doctor Pingleton uh, on something that we can do um, together and and um, to get some tidbits from him on it. We we have this conference coming up August 18th. Um, through 20th. And um, here's why I'm serious about marriage. It is the greatest institution on earth that mirrors the institution of our marriage to Christ and in his marriage to the church. Mm-hmm. Right? It is, fun, it is a fundamental practice of, of who God is. God has given us marriage to to allow us to embody all that Jesus was intended to be for the earth, right? He is the husbandman, we are the bride. Mm-hmm. Right? And and so so God has modeled his church in in the same construct as marriage. Mm-hmm. And and so I take it really serious. And and I believe he takes it really serious. Right. Yes. Um, at the end of of traditional vows, what what God has joined together, right. let no man put us under. There's a lot of divorce lawyers. Mm-hmm. 
man, I would not want to stand in their shoes judgment day. No. Man, because, I mean, God, God's not playing right. when, when he says those things. Don't understand. This is where all the pundits jump in and said, well, what if it's toxic? What if it's abuse? Of course God doesn't intend for you to stay in that, right? And, and so not even talking about that. What I want you to understand, though, is if we do it the right way first, mm-hmm. right? If, if, we, if we do it God's way from the beginning, right? And, and this is the thing. This just isn't a marriage conference. I believe, I believe it is as important for singles and, and it's an, as important for dating couples as it is for everyone who's already tied the knot, right? Mm-hmm. And um, because here's the thing. If I'm single and, and I'm in the church— and I want a godly foundation for my marriage, right? Because I know that's important, but I really don't understand it. Well, this this is this is something that you have the opportunity to be part of. That's going to show you that. Right. It's going to show you how God God can work and move and and be present in your home and in your marriage. And so I believe it's just as important for singles, dating couples, engaged couples. Um, and so on out there. I believe it's just as important for those people who've been married 20, 30 years, right? Because don't tell me your marriage is perfect, right? Because you're lying to me if you do, right? Um, doesn't mean your marriage is bad, mm-hmm. right? Room for improvement. But there's room for improvement. And um, so I believe it's, it's it's important for you guys as well. The The net net of this is we want to do it God's way. Mm-hmm. Even if our way is working, sooner or later, our way is going to fail. Yeah. It might work today. It might work for the next five years. But sooner or later, our way is going to fail. It always fails. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so this is an opportunity for us to learn how mm-hmm. and why we need to do it God's way. And, um, you know, for those that don't know the background that might be watching for the first time or something like this, we went to the Ignite conference, and because we were late signing up, you and I got thrown into the marriage thing. <laughs> and, you know, the, the two longest married in, in the group ends up in the marriage thing. Mm-hmm. And you and I thought about going and getting a cup of coffee. Yeah, said, oh, we did. man, we got good wives. You know, we've been in the ministry all these years. We've, we've pretty much got this figured out and everything else. But at the last minute, something just said, no, you need to go. Yeah. I was like, okay. And, man— Good. Good ministry. Good ministry. It was relevant to the times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I appreciated about it so much is he didn't shy away from the word at all. Right. But he made it relevant to Mm -hmm. to today. And and um I was just blown away, super impressed by by Dr. Pingleton. He tells me all the time to call him Jared and I'm I'm working that you know <laughs> God, mom mama gave me manners and i'm, I'm trying to work past it right. but um you know I, I was just blown away got the book read the book blown away just great teaching and if i've been married almost 30 years and learned right. from it you definitely need to be yeah. part of it right. um you know um, I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but for me, if no. I've been married almost 30 years, have an amazing spouse, an amazing home, great kids, 
and everything else like this. And I learned things and I took things away and I've got the book highlighted up and everything else. Then, then you need to be there too. And how do, and how do people register? If you go to, um, if you go to Facebook, we have an event for making magnificent marriages. All right. So if you go to Facebook under events, search for making magnificent marriages or search for the pulse Winfield, that should pop up for you under tickets. Click on that. There is a $20 per person fee. That's just to help us cover costs and understand this. The church isn't making a dime. We're not making a dime on this. If every seat is full, we will still owe beyond what we're collecting in that $20 per person. So um, it's important, and, and I want you to be there. If you can't afford the $20 per person, talk to us. I've already got people who have come to me and say, look, we're, we're, we're buying this many tickets. Um, we can't be there because we had a vacation scheduled or, or um, I'm working that weekend or, or you know something like that. And these are legitimate people, not people just making excuses. Um, but, you know, we, we can't be there. And here's the thing. If your spouse is working, you should still be there, right? Um, you know, if your spouse is out of town, you should still be there, right? Um, you know, so don't, don't think you have to come as a couple. I'm going to be honest with you. I've got one, two, three, four, I believe, of, of the 15 to 20 people who've registered so far. I've got four of those who are singles. Right. So, um, you know, because uh, these these are young men, all of them are young men. These are young men seeking God's plan for their life in in great ways. And and so they want to do it right. They want to be the good Christian boyfriend and they want to be the good that leads to being the good Christian husband. So forth. So we want to we want we want you to do love right. Amen. Um, Not. You know, not love, the love is love crap that, that the world pushes, right? And um, we want you to do love right, whatever stage you're in. So um, we encourage you to be there. I, I could I could ramble all day long because you kind of caught me off guard. But, um, you know, I, I could ramble all day long about the importance of this. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that, that we'll have Dr. Pingleton on um, in the next week or so, and um, and be able to ask him some questions. Why is this important for singles? Why is this important for dating couples? Why is this important if you're newlyweds? Why is this important if you've, you know, been married for years? And and let you hear from him as as to why it's important. And um, you know, we'll get those things out on the church page. But you can go to our Facebook page and click on events, or you can go to the event page on Facebook, find it, click on tickets. And register. Uh, my email is is there, Jay at the Pulse Church dot com. Um, if you want to come and and you can't afford it, we won't let that be a reason you can't come. So um, let us know, and um, and we'll make sure you get in there. Absolutely awesome. We'd like to thank all of our viewers and all of our supporters uh, for the Pulse WV Live and also for the churches. You want to be a part of that, we would want you to pray first of all, and then you can do it by texting the word Pulse to 1304-244-3187. You could go to thepulsechurch.com and give through PayPal or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 561 Eleanor, E-L-E-A-N-O-R. 
West Virginia 25070. Thanks for listening and watching the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God.